Hello, hello, and welcome to the Rock Metal Podcast. I'm your host, John Harris, and it's the Rock Metal Podcast. We have Exodus, the new album called Persona Non Grata, which is released on November 19th via Nuclear Blast Records. And I'm being joined by <clears throat> Tom. Excuse me. Here's some more information about why the beatings will continue, why morale is low, and what sort of clickbait we're talking about here. So, Tom, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks. Good to be here with you. Absolutely great to have you on. Now, I guess let's start with the album, Persona Non Grata. I can't remember exactly what number album this is, but my first question is, take us through- 11. Wow. What was the, did you guys have a goal walking into this? Like, hey, it's number 11, let's do insert. Um, Well, our goal was, we just wanted to, you know, make a kick-ass record. COVID was raging and, um, we just got off a really good tour and we were booked to do more legs of that tour. And then all of a sudden everything, the bottom dropped out of everything. And we were like, well, what are we going to do? We, you know, we were, we were slated to make new music anyway. We hadn't had a new record since 2013. So we're like, how are we going to do this logistically? You know, because everything was shut down. So we were like, we had a friend named Steve Lagudi who was, who had a bunch of recording gear and we just kind of like, I have a house in the mountains in Northern California and we, we had a giant man cave with an accompanying studio and we just kind of like DIY'd it, you know? Very, very Led Zeppelin of you guys. You just had the guy with the, the gear roll up in the van and just grab a spot. Exactly. Literally just, eh. well, it was actually a big truck that backed down our driveway eh, 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 <laughs> with pallets, pallets full of recording gear and, our engineer was like, oh, my God, this is going to be fun. And, you know, we were in the mountains at my place. So, like, everybody felt safe because we were we were virtually, like, just a bunch of dudes quarantined in the mountains making heavy metal, you know? It sounds romantic. Totally. Mm-hmm. Cool. And, you know, Gar- Gary and me stayed up here for months just um, because of this. And, you know, everything starts with a guitar riff, and then you add drums to it, and everything else kind of stacks on top of it, you know? Mm-hmm. That's good. So, yes. We, we had a lot of fun. It sounds like it. it almost sounds like why didn't you guys do that sooner? It sounds like an awesome way to record. And it sounds like I think we're going to do it that way, <laughs> you know, for times to come for sure. Also, you know? Yeah, man, man. Oh man. Have some studio shots. I'm sure of you guys just taking in the mountains in between those sweet guitar takes drum takes. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, we but did some photo sessions up here too, and um, everybody got into the mountain vibe, you know? I mean, I live here probably two-thirds of the time anyway. I kind of, like, migrate between here and San Francisco. San Francisco's four-hour drive from here. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I spend most of my time, especially the summers and falls up here, and, um, you know, and COVID was raging, so we're like, we can do this this way, so we do what we can, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And then... Uh, did forest fires have any kind of an impact or was this not happening yet? Um, well, last year we had, we didn't have any fires in this area. Like this year we did, we had the Dixie fire and I don't know where you are now, but, um, we, um, you know, we, we got evacuated for about, I think three weeks up here and, um, I had my friend come and rescue my drums and, um, take them away to somewhere else just in case the fire (laughs) encroached on our area. Last save, the, year, save the drums <laughs> yeah drums guns and guitars go get them that's right um anyways uh 
like last year, there was fires in other areas that were sending ash to this area. So like there were times when we were recording and like the air quality was bad outside and, um, you know, there was ash, ash falling down from the sky and it was crazy times for sure. But yeah. we just kind of worked through it. We were all inside doing our thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm not too far. Go straight north. And then at Vancouver, just go a little bit east. I'm in Edmonton. Oh, cool. Yeah. So we had definitely a lot of uh, air quality issues and you could smell, you know, what was yeah. going on. So sorry about that. <laughs> it's, it's okay. I guess it was we'll coming from here. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool. But morale needed to improve while you guys were working on the record. Yeah. You know, so there were beatings that, that ended up happening as a result of, you know, morale needing to improve. But I guess taking us back, you mentioned it starts with a riff and then you add on some drums. But is there a theme to the record, maybe lyrically? Um, I think there's lots of different themes because, you know, everybody, everybody, we had so much time to like work on this music. And like I even got into lyric writing. I hadn't wrote lyrics till since probably Bonded by Blood. I wrote part of And Then There Were None. But um, for the first time in 35 years, like I wrote a song and it just, I think create creativity was flowing in all of us, I think, because like the, the circumstance and like how we were doing it. Um, and, you know, we were basically a bunch of dudes quarantined in the mountains making heavy metal. So we had all this time and um, it, it just it just felt like there was a, a special kind of flow going on, you know, mm-hmm. in everybody that, that, you know, in all of us. So we just kind of tapped into that and kept going, you know, there was, there was no there was no like let's make this the formula. You know, there was no like, let's, let's write lyrics, you know, predominantly about this. And let's just, um, let's just kind of be in the moment and go for it. Like Gary literally rolled out of bed and wrote um, the fires of division on guitar. Like he was slated to go home that day. And he, he rolled out of bed and I got a song. He went in, he went in there and literally tracked, the scratch tracks for me to rehearse to yeah and made up the rhythm parts some of them on the spot like as he was tracking and he's like i don't know how that happened but it just happened and i was like bro don't stop what you're doing you're in the zone go with it <laughs> yeah exactly because that was yeah. one of my one of my questions okay 11 studio album haven't really done an album since 2013 so did yeah. you guys walk in with a goal but it sounds like it just turned into uh, that the zone just getting into that moment and what came out of it was natural it was pretty natural and pretty organic actually and you know i hate to use like such cliche hippie words but organic is the best way i could describe it because it it just things just happened and you know music just happened and i think you know because of the layoff because of the state of things, because of everybody's frustration and not being able to work. Like um, we kind of like channeled it all into, into making new music, you know, cause that basically we, we went, we went to take care of what the only thing we could take care of and do at the time. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and that was it. <laughs> yeah. So that, yeah. Cool. Now you mentioned something about saving the drums. And I'm on the Wikipedia page, which may or may not be entirely relevant, but it looks like they're Yamaha oak drums with a maple snare. Uh, use, use, the, use 
a few different snares on the record. I always do. But um, I used a maple, maple absolute snare and I used, uh, I have a stainless steel, which is the deepest of the snares I have. I have a really old Rogers Dynasonic from like the 70s. That's like chrome over brass. I used that snare on a tuner too, I think. And um, But the kit was, the toms and the bass drums are all um, Yamaha Oak Customs. It's like a 07 or 08 model, I think. They don't make they don't make those drums anymore, which is, which is part of the reason I had them evacuated during the fire because I was like, I'll never be able to get this drum set again. So go get them. <laughs> yeah. What is it so, about the oak that you like on everything uh, other than the snare, obviously? Um, I just think. Well, I I just I love pretty much all series of Yamaha drums sound amazing to me, um, and it's been part of my sound since since the mid '80s and. Um, I, the oak just has, it has a warmth and an attack, like that doesn't sound like any other drum. Um, and I have another set of live oak customs that are good, and they're like all attack, so they're killer for live. Um, but recording, I like, I prefer the um, the oak, the regular old oak customs from uh, 08, 09, maybe 07. My kit was made. I'm not sure. But I've used it on two records now, and it just crushed on this one. Like, like I was like, "Holy shit!" Um, and you know, and the snares, the snares, I just pick those and I rig them all the same, so they all they all have a similar sound, but different like body approach. You know, when you smack them, and you got to hit them like they owe you money. That's right, because the beatings will continue. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, snare. Do you have? Is your, how's your morale today? Yeah. Um, I know old studio trick. I've seen a lot of guys doing it, especially in like the seventies, like the Eagles, they'll flip the stick around on the snare to get more whack out of it. Do you do that as well? Gave us some things to talk about. Cause we were going to chat about, um, you know, how you choose a snare, whether okay. it's, you know, how do you choose the stainless steel one over the maple one or whatever else? Um, but we could also chat about sticks. I've got here that you use Vic Firth extreme five B actually, no, I used medium weight five A's. Okay. All you right. know, as, I, as, I've, as I've gotten older, you know, you're still trying to get from here to over here in a hurry. And like those big sticks, they sound great when you whack the snare with them. But, you know, you can get any of the five series, 5A, 5B, uh, super whatever as you just call them. Um, mm-hmm. Those are amazing too. But um, uh, 5A is just kind of my jam right now. So cool. as far as choosing a snare drum... Um, they, they invited me years ago to go to the Burbank when, when they were in Burbank, uh, Yamaha showroom was down there and, you know, I went down there and beat on snares for a couple of days or for a day. And I just, there was some that I really liked and some, there was one also that I have in, in Europe and I haven't been able to get it over here yet. It's called the sensitive maple. Ooh. And it's like, it's a, it's a six and a half deep and it's, it's just incredible. That's the main one I use in Europe. I really like, I look for something, you know, something that's between a crack dealer and something that when you hit it, like somebody might uh, excrete a little bit out of their body. Like if you hit it hard enough, just mm-hmm. so, um, you know, sometimes the snare drum chooses you, you just hit it and you go, wow, that's the one that's yeah. what I'm looking for. You know, 
kind of like a dog. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't choose animals. Animals choose us. Right. Maybe, maybe snare drums have that uh, ability too. I don't know. <laughs> they do. As well as some, <laughs> some vocational careers. You sound like a drummer. A little bit, a little bit. And my son, whom you just met, is taking drum lessons. So he was actually just practicing. And I was like, damn, for a seven-year-old, like, cool. So I also play guitar. So I think he and I are going to start jamming here. That's my new goal uh, by the end of the year is I don't have any acoustic guitars because I got rid of them. Um, But I'm going to grab an acoustic guitar so he can just sit at his drums and I can just sit there and we can jam and start to have that uh, human connection that can only exist from just jamming. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. It's, 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 it's fun. I mean, I, I felt a natural connection jamming with Gary the, so, so many years now, you know, and who would have thought it went on, who would have thought it would go on this many years. Very true. Very true. <laughs> yeah. A household name. And, uh, I remember I was chatting with, Oh man, who was it? I'll have to, the name is escaping me, but it's another thrash band that's been around for a very long time. And one of the comments he made was, I was supposed to die like 30 years ago. I wasn't supposed to still be making thrash records in my 50s. Like, this is weird. <laughs> that sounds like Bobby Blitz from Overkill. Or, <laughs> or I don't know, somebody from Anthrax, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, because when, when you're 20-something and you're, let's face it, when we were doing this as younger men, it was probably a little bit more about the party. And now, now that we're older men doing this or older, I shouldn't say just men because women do it too. But I think that, um, you know, I think we respect the journey a lot more of, and what's left of it as older guys, you know, older, older people doing this um, and what's left of that journey. So, mm-hmm. yeah, well, it sounds like you guys aren't looking to stop anytime soon. <laughs> No, I mean, I'm sure the fuse is shorter on like where it all stops as opposed to where it all began. Yeah. I mean, but right now we're enjoying it and, um, you know, we're still making good music and metal has been like a roller coaster. Like there were times when, you know, the scene wasn't, wasn't that great. And, you know, we couldn't get a good gig anywhere. And now like the world is different and it's doing good again. So we're happy to be a part of that. Yeah, absolutely. I was just actually trying to remember uh, the last time I saw you guys live. It's probably been a few years at this point. I don't even remember where I was because I've moved around a lot over the last yeah. few years. Um, but I remember at the time, I don't know the guy's name, but you guys had a new singer at the time. And I remember him Not talking huge. about probably. I remember on stage he was talking about a lot like, I'm living the dream. I'm here. I got the gig. God, that sounds like, what's the name, Mark Wahlberg in Rockstar. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? <laughs> the dream for now, buddy. Yeah, the dream for now. Ha ha. Yeah. I love that movie, though. Who doesn't love that movie? I should go listen to that soundtrack. That's what Zach Wilde and <laughs> whoever else. Cool. Sweet. So we chatted about recording in the mountains. We chatted about just being in the moment, which, oddly enough, is that unusual kind of for you guys to just let things flow like that? No. I mean... I hate to use that hippie word organic again, but I mean, the way the writing process happens, like we never go in with a goal. I mean, I think we've made two concept albums so far, exhibit A and exhibit B. um, And that wasn't even, and it just kind of, just kind of happened, you know? Um, Yeah. So no, it's not out of the ordinary for us to just let things happen. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Groovy. We also got to chat with your stick guy because you're back in the game and choosing those sticks to beat on things until morale yeah. improves. And then for everybody listening in who wants to stay in touch with Exodus, if you don't know where to go at the moment, then in the show notes below is the website, exodusattack.com, as well as two YouTube links to the beatings will continue until morale improves, as well as clickbait. And if by the time this airs, there are more videos available, then I'll put those in. But at the time of recording, that's what is available. Persona Non Grata, 11 Studio album out November 19th via Nuclear Blast Records. Tom, that concludes my questions. Thanks, dude.